Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ask Geeks Podcast. Thank you for tuning in on this wonderful, wonderful Wednesday morning. I hope you all enjoyed yesterday's episode as well. This is a sporty episode, so it might not be the same crowd. You know, sometimes anime episodes do different than the sports episodes. Sports episodes do different than anime's episode. Anyways, I'm your host, Adrian, and you know what? Here we are again to hear me be wrong. Because... <laughs> At the beginning of the year, I did my award predictions, and I plan to do tomorrow, um, talk about simply like the East and the West. We'll see if the episode actually gets out tomorrow, but I plan to do tomorrow the East and the West and how I had the rankings and how it actually turned out and how it's looking right now. So I'm going to do my original um, MVP picks, talk about what I was thinking about originally, and then my MVP picks a week out from the playoffs or the play-in tournament. So originally, my picks for MVP, I'm going through all the awards. My picks for MVP were I had Luca winning the award. I had Embiid second. I had Steph third. And then I had other players like Katie or Giannis or Jokic trying to make a push on their own. But um, I had Luca there because I was like, Luca was one of the favorites last year. I'm ready for him to make that jump. And, like, he started off slow, but then he picked it up. And I'm like, if he's the top four team in the West, if he stays healthy and the Mavs, because the Mavs live and die with Luka, if they do well, I was like, I don't see why Luka can't be MVP. I still don't understand, if I'm being completely honest, why Luka isn't higher on the MVP race. Because I, I, Draymond Green made a good point on his podcast yesterday what is the criteria for MVP? Because if the criteria is winning, then he has Devin Booker as his MVP. And I said at the beginning of the year, if Luka's a top four team, if the Mavs are a top four team in the West, Luka should be MVP. Luka is not even in the top five or top. Yeah, he's not even in the top five. Because if you go look at the latest MVP ladder, it has uh, Jokic at number one, Giannis at number two, Embiid, it has Tatum, and then it has Devin Booker, and then it has um, Luka at six. And I was like, what is going on here? Why is Luka not even – it might have updated today. You know it updates day by day. Games went on last night, so they probably changed it based off the games last night. They probably updated this morning. You have a completely different list. But as of right now, that is NBA.com's latest MVP ladder, which is confusing to me because you have Jokic – who is balling and playing crazy good basketball. You have him as the number one pick for MVP, but Luka's not top five. You have Embiid and Giannis in there, which they both deserve. They both deserve it. I just don't understand what's the criteria because if you look at the Mavs record right now, the Mavs are the fourth seed and have clinched, the play they have clinched uh, a playoff seed. They are fourth in the West at the moment, and it looks like they're going to finish up fourth in the West. Um, every they have a bet. Luca has a better record than every other MVP candidate at the moment. Giannis has has they have forty eight wins. So does Embiid. He has forty eight wins. And even if you want to throw like other players in there, like those, like other people that's in the top three, he has a better record than them. Like Denver has forty seven. Luka has 49, and the Mavericks have 49. They have a better record than every other MVP 
candidate in the top three. So can somebody explain to me why Luca isn't up here? I just don't understand. Are they saying, like, it's just not yet because he's young. He'll have his turn. Like, last year they were like, oh, he's going to be a favorite next year. If he would have won, if the Mavericks would have won more, he would have been the MVP. He would have made a bigger push. The Mavericks are a top four seed, and they're still not there. I just don't understand why Luka isn't in, like, a serious contender for the MVP award. The goalpost keeps moving. These awards are starting to become a joke because when you look at it, you're like, okay, what is Luka not doing? What What isn't he doing that's enough for this team, Luca's number, you put Luca's number side by side with all the other MVP candidates, and he's right there. He's competing. He's competing. You want to use the help argument? Porzingis, they, everybody was saying Porzingis was a negative asset. And I know I dogged the trade with the Porzingis and Spencer Dinwiddie. And Dinwiddie has been playing pretty well. But he's not a viable, like, number two, like a legit second option. So you're trying to talk about what, oh, well, Embiid didn't have Simmons the whole time. Okay, Luka didn't have a legit second option either. Jokic didn't have Jamal Murray or Michael Porter Jr. Luka still doesn't have a second option. Giannis does have his second and third option. Yes, they struggle injured, but he still doesn't have his second and third option. But he's bringing more on the defensive end as well. But I'm just I'm just confused. Like, Luka's on averaging almost a triple double he's averaging 28 9 and 8.7 so almost 28 9 and 9 and he's not considered a legit mvp candidate and i just don't understand i just want somebody to explain that to me but um like i said that's that that's why i have my favorite and like i said next i had Embiid. and Embiid, I, I said because simmons is out I think Embiid's gonna take it to the next level and he's gonna he's gonna have the narrative because mvp is about narrative He's going to have the narrative with Simmons out. He's going to bring the defense. He's going to have the numbers. I was like, I don't understand why Embiid can't get, go. If I was like, if Luka doesn't get a top four seed, then I have Embiid as the MVP. But if Luka gets a top four team, then it should be Luka. I mean, I still say it should be Luka. I don't understand why it can't be. But Embiid is a good second option. And then I was like, Steph, Steph, I was like, Steph last year being a lower seed was an MVP candidate. So with him getting some players back, and if they have a higher seed, then Steph should be an MVP candidate. I mean, the Warriors did play well. They third, they finished, th they're going to more than likely finish third in the West. Um, the only problem with Steph had that slump and people stopped talking about him. So even though his numbers are still good, they're kind of down for Steph Curry standards. So I understand why you have to take him off the list. Um, LeBron and the Lakers, they've, they've lost too much. KD, um, he's missed too much time. And I think, and like I said, I thought Giannis and Giannis will have voters fatigue. And then Jokic winning last year, I thought the voter and the voters didn't even really want him. If you look at the media, people didn't even want him to win last year. So I was like, oh, there's no way Jokic wins back to back because they didn't even like him winning last year. But I mean, he is. So those are those were my original. But now you have Jokic more likely going to win back to back. Only way Jokic doesn't win it is if, for some reason, the Nuggets go on a losing streak in this last week and they end up a playing team. Because if you look at the reports, all the like they did that anonymous um, panel for the, of the voters, and they said if Jokic is not a play uh, a number sixty, he, like a five or sixty, and he falls into that playing area, then they can't vote him. They don't. A lot of people said that they couldn't like reasonably vote him as the MVP if he being in a playing game just off the off chance that if he if they lose then your MVP wouldn't even be in the playoffs so they don't want to risk that they don't feel like he can be 
have it because of that. So the only way Jokic loses this award is if the Nuggets don't make a if they the Nuggets end up in the plan, which the Nuggets can avoid the plan, but who knows where's it gonna go. If that does happen, calm down, Tango. I'm sorry for that. Um, if that if that if he does fall in, then it's Giannis's award. We saw at first Giannis was three and MB was two, but we saw Giannis go crazy. Giannis went in there, had that 40 point game against the um the 76ers went crazy. Then he had that 40 point game against the Nets. Step back three, crazy hype. Giannis has the narrative rolling with him right now. And that's something important when it comes to these things. You have to have the narrative and everything else. Anybody outside of that top three, I don't really give them a legit chance. Like you have like Tatum, Booker, and Luca, and they add those names, but nobody's really voting those names. Those are just to say considerations and everything like that. So we've done the MVP and we've talked about my award predictions there. And I was like, if you look at my top, usually my top six, I had only people that fell out. You replace Steph and KD with Tatum and Booker because the Celtics got hot and the, and the Suns have the number one record in the league. But in that, I mean, I feel like my MVP was about the same, which should be around the same because usually the best players in the league and that's what you get. Um, I'm going to take a short break and go uh, move my dog to another room and we'll be right back. are back i'm sorry for that obviously y'all know people have lives and everything like that got this little uh my little dog you know little dog little tango cocker spaniel poodle mix yeah he's a little he's a cute little thing only like eight pounds but he makes a lot of noise as y'all could tell but anyways continuing on next is rookie of the year and originally for rookie of the year I went with um, Jalen Green winning the award. I, I was like, oh, because that was just, I recorded this just after the summer league. So just after the summer league finish, I was like, oh, the Rockets are giving him the keys day one. And I was like, I feel like he's just going to go crazy because they're going to give him the keys and be like, hey, go out there, be a scorer. And I was like, honestly, from what I'm seeing in the summer league, this man could probably be an 18 to 20 point per game scorer. His rookie year, the efficiency might not be the best, but the Rockets aren't aren't trying to win. And I and I had I figured that they would move Christian Wood and Eric Gordon at the by the deadline. 
So he have nobody to compete with with shots. The only person would be KPJ. And I was like, KPJ, they're trying to make him more into a playmaker. So I could see KG, KPJ being like a 15 to 17 and 8 kind of guy and trying to be more of a playmaker and take the backseat and let Jalen Green be the number one scorer on the team. And in the first half of the season, you saw him struggle. Well, you saw him have a couple good games in the beginning. People were like, oh, my God, Jalen Green's crazy. And then he went into a big rookie slump, and he just couldn't get him back out of it. But post-All-Star, this man has been going crazy. This man has dropped 30, like, three games in a row, and he's been going crazy. Like, if the – I'm uh, I didn't watch – I didn't finish the game last night, and I'm recording this before checking into the game. And so if he did end up jumping into the game, dropping 30 in the game last night, that could be four straight games of 30 plus. Like, who knows? Like, I, like that, that and which would be crazy because he has such a bad, like, middle part of the season. And people kind of write him off because people, I hate, I hate people that don't enjoy basketball. And I've started to learn to enjoy basketball more. Um, you even saw me last year. Like, that's like the growth from last year when I was slandering players and I was coming on the pocket like, oh, that player stinks and talking bad about certain players and been like, and I was just not comparing. I was like, I just like two things can be true. Like two, the two players can be good at the same time. And I was like, oh, when I was comparing Katie and Giannis, I'm like, Giannis isn't good because Katie's better. And I was like, okay, well, this player is not good. Rudy Gobert's not good because he can't do this. And this player is better. And then I'm like, you know what? I need to learn how to just enjoy basketball. These players aren't going to be around forever. Instead of looking at it and hating on players, just watch the game, enjoy basketball, have a good time, and just respect and love the game. And just appreciate these players and what they're great at. Yes, they have flaws, and you can name their flaws. Like Jalen Green is not the best defender right now, even though he is in the upper percentage uh, percentile of the rookie when it comes to on-ball defense. And there's like he's not the playmaker like Kate is and everything. But I don't like I like me last year. I'd have been like, oh, yeah, Jalen Green. He's not cave because he can't pass or anything. And I'm like, you appreciate what he is. That man is a bucket, and he said it. And I saw a lot of people. He got a lot of cr- criticism for that because people were like, oh, he's cocky. Oh, he's just now playing good. His second, the second part of the season. Why is he talking to you? This is why I'd rather have X, Y, and Z player because they're humble. It's like you don't know what these players be talking about. You don't know how these players feel. And they're rookies. They're rookies. They're gonna grow. I don't feel like we should judge rookies until like five, six years into their career, see where they're at and be like, okay, this player is this, this player is this, this player is this. Because if we took this same thing and look at the MVP winner, look at the people that was in the MVP right now. Other than like Luka, if you go look at some of those other players, go look at Jokic. Jokic's rookie year. Go look at um what's called Embiid. Embiid didn't even play. People would call him injury prone because he couldn't even get on the court his first three seasons, really. Look at Steph. Steph was the same. He was injury prone and everything like that. Giannis, like I said. So you look at Giannis, Jokic, all of them, and you will judge them by their rookie years. You'd be like, man, you wrote them off. And so that's something like part of me learning to enjoy basketball is also starting to see perspective and like give everything content. Like, yes, he had a bad middle part, but he's starting to learn the game. And if you look at if you check out where he ranks in the NBA rookie of the year race, he's bumped all the way up to fourth. I know a lot of people aren't happy. They think Josh Giddy should be ahead of him, but he's bumped all the way up to fourth. And the next um, the next person I had after him originally was Kay Cunningham. I was like the number one pick. So, of course, he's going to be in the rookie of the year race. I was like, I saw I 
Killian Hayes was coming back, so I was like, they're going to play him more as a two-guard than a one. He's going to be looking at more to score and kind of play a backseat role. He's going to have, because Jeremy Grant is there, and Jeremy Grant's trying to prove he can be a number one. So I was like, I felt like Cade wasn't going to have the numbers Jalen Green was because Jalen Green was going to just come in and just score as much as, all, as he wanted. And then I had Josh Giddy. because I was like, Josh Giddy's on OKC. OKC doesn't have anybody outside of Shea. They have Dort and everybody and other players like that. But I'm talking about that's just like a volume to score. And Dort took a huge step this year. Props out the door. Shout out Dort. He's a, he's a hooper. Um, and I was like, he's not going to – like, they're going to play their young players. They're trying to, They're not trying to win games. So they're going to let Giddy just find out what he is and let Giddy just do whatever he wants. So I was like, Giddy could put some triple doubles up. He could hoop. He can put some numbers, and he can make a case for him to be in there. And then I was like, the only other person – and I was like, I didn't give credit – to Scotty and um, Evan Mobley. If y'all remember my original draft thing, I said Jalen Green is my favorite player coming out of here because I watched him in high school. I watched him at G League, and he's just a player that I really love watching. I love watching Jalen Green, huge Jalen Green fan. But I said the best player coming out of this draft is Scotty Barnes. I said Scotty Barnes was going to be the best player to come out of here, and I said I would have drafted him number two overall. I said Jalen. I said K goes number one because K seems like the obvious choice, and you if you don't draft K number one. People are going to complain. You're going to hear people riot. But I said, when it comes to that two spot, when that's up to grabs with, like, you go green, you can go mobile, you can go other things. I said, you take Scotty Barnes because he is the best. He's going to be the best player coming out of here. And Scotty looked really good. I just didn't think he was going to be this good so fast. Oh, my gosh. His rookie year, this year has been amazing for Scotty Barnes. I did not think Scotty Barnes was going to be this good this fast and this is just it's just beautiful to see and i just can't wait to see how much more he develops because when his jump shot is starting to get fall when he becomes a better defender he's already a pretty good playmaker he's already comfortable with the ball in his hands and he's in the perfect spot with toronto and they have just a bunch of long wing guys and he can just be him and i just think that's a good spot for him right now i also didn't think evan mobley's numbers were going to be and i kind of felt i was like evan mobley's gonna be a hooper i think evan mobley's gonna be really good but I just didn't think he was gonna be a he was gonna put up good numbers originally, like off like off rip, just like Scotty, because I was like, okay, saw him in the summer league. He didn't put up too many crazy numbers. So and I see how the Cavs are trying to use him. And I had I did not think this was gonna work. In the summer league, they kept trying to run Mobley with these multiple big lineups. They had Mobley with the ball in his hands, running him at the three, running him at the four. And I was like, Mobley's all you need to have him at the big man spot. And if the Cavs do that, he's not going to have the numbers. He's not going to do everything else. He's not going to be ready to, you know, come out here and hoop. But I was wrong. Like, they obviously, they knew that they were going to do this three um, big line, this three seven-footer lineup with Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, and Larry Markman. And that has worked. And I can't give Mobley credit enough. He has looked so good defensively. He's looked so good all around. And you can make an argument for him to be on an all-defensive team his rookie year. That's how good he's been. So um, at the moment, I know rookie of the year is a toss-up right now. Uh, a lot of people say it's Evan Mobley's um, award to lose because the Cavs, like, at all the teams, like, he, he's making the biggest impact on his team, and the Cavs are a winning team. Yes, they look like they're falling into the play-in, and they're going to more than likely be a play-in team, but 
they have looked really good. And then after that, it's like a toss-up. You can take Kay, you can take Scotty. And then after that, it's like you can take um, Jalen Green, you can take Josh Giddy. And either one works. But right now, that updated list, it looks like um, Evan Mobley's taking away the award unless something, excuse me, crazy happens. And Scotty or Kay jump up and steal that award from him. Next was most improved and most improved. I had, uh, I bought into the hype. I bought into the hype. I had KPJ winning because he, I was like, wall's going to be out. KPJ had that monster. Like, what was it? 40 or 50 point. I think I can't remember what it was. If it was a 40 point or a 50 point, um, double, double 40. I think it was 40 and 10 game at the end of the season. I was like, KPJ, if he goes real, he can win this award. But I also said I'm not sure how this works. I said he can he can steal the spotlight from Jalen Green and be the top player, but I'm not sure how it's gonna work with him being a playmaker. He's a true bucket getter, but this playmaking thing might mess him up until mess him up in this award. If he can get to that 17 to 8 consistently and look good and steal that spotlight, I think he can be up here. And then next I have Michael Porter Jr. And I was like, this is his award to lose. I said, there is no excuse for Michael Porter Jr. not to win this award. I said, I still had him second, which is crazy in my thing for me to say this is his award to lose. But it was because I wasn't sure if he was going to stay healthy. And I was right because he got hurt and he's missed like the whole season. But he's always he's been struggling with injuries and everything. So I was like, I'm not sure if he's going to be healthy enough. But if he's healthy, this is his award to lose. I was like, he just signed that big contract. He's going to need an all-star or all-NBA to re-get, like, the most of his money from that contract. It was incentive-based. And I was like, he's going to be the number two option. He has Jokic, who's a pass-first big. Murray's out for the entire year. I was like, this is Michael Porter Jr.'s award to win. And unfortunately, he couldn't stay healthy. He got hurt. And, you know, the rest is history. Next, I had Darius Garland. Hey, hey, y'all remember last year, right? Y'all remember last year, right? I told y'all. I told y'all Darius Garland is a top 10 point guard in this league. People didn't want to listen to me. People were telling me Colin Sexton this. They were naming all these other point guards. I told y'all Darius Garland is a top 10 point guard in the NBA. And look at him. I said, go back and look at the original episode. I said, I'm a big fan of Garland, and he is next up. He got next at the point guard position. He's a fringe all-star, but I was wrong about that. I, was like, I didn't think he was going to jump up already. I said, he's a fringe all-star already, and he could. I was like, I'll be surprised if Darian Garland, Darius Garland doesn't make the all-star game. I was like, he could, he could be. Don't be surprised if he jumps in. I think he could be an all-star. I didn't think it was going to happen immediately, but I was like, he's an all-star caliber player. He is legit. He is the truth. And, oh, man, I tried to tell y'all. I tried to tell y'all. Darius Garland, he, he, he nice. That boy nice. You can just watch. If you watched his game last year, you saw it. You saw that boy was nice. But enough about me being right about Darius Garland. Um, excuse me. Next, I said SGA. I see. I said SGA could also be in this award. So could like Dejounte Murray or Zach Levine. However, I'm not sure because I don't. Because my thing was they already have really good numbers. So for like SGA or Zach Levine or any of them to do that, they already have good numbers. Average like 20 points a game. They're gonna have to like take it to the next level, and their numbers have to go either go crazy. 
or they're gonna have to go crazy with their numbers and elevate their team to winning. And I was like, I just can't see that. Like their name deserve to be in that award ballot, but I can't see them actually making it there. And so, so who knows? Who knows? Um, and this like this is like for most improved. Like this is for the most improved award. I I got and I ran about um. What's it called? Yeah, Garland. I forgot if I even met. Yeah, this is for the most improved award. And it looks like um it looks like you can have Jordan Poole here. You can also like a lot of people be like, yeah, Miles Bridges, because Miles Bridges played crazy this year. So it's like I feel like the award now is between I still feel like Darius Garland should be up there. It should be between Darius Garland, um, Jordan Poole. Miles Bridges and Tyler Hero. I think those are the people you should be looking at when it comes to this award. I'm not sure who's going to exactly run away with it and who's going to take it. I wouldn't be surprised if Jordan Poole, because Jordan Poole did make the quote-unquote biggest jump, but Darius Garland jumped up to an all-star level talent, and so I feel like we should get... I, my vote would be Darius Garland, but I wouldn't be surprised if Jordan Poole took away the award. Not too much on most improved. Next is six Man of the Year. During six for six man of the year, um, I thought Jordan Clarkson was gonna take away with it, especially after the year he had last year. I was like, um, you look at the Vegas odds, they had him at the favorite. I was like, if the Jazz can return and be a top seed again and be the number one seed, they're gonna need Jordan Clarkson's like contribution. There's no way they end up as the number one seed and Jordan Clarkson isn't there hooping. So that's the that's the only way they end up a number one seed. Because I'm like, you got to have Donovan Mitchell, obviously. You have to have Rudy Gobert. But if Jordan Clarkson isn't hooping as well, they don't end up as that number one seed. So if they do, I feel like um, it should be Jordan Clarkson. Next is Tyler Hero. I said I saw Tyler Hero averaging like at most eighteen, like around like eighteen points a game off the bench. That brother averaging twenty. That boy looked like he the best scorer on that team. That boy is hooping. Hey, hey, like hey. Little yeah, little boy in South Beach. He 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 hooping, he hooping, hooping, and a hey, the Heat are the number one seed in the East. Tyler Hero looks like he's their best scorer on the team, averaging twenty plus a game. He's looking really good, and I don't see why Tyler Hero is not the sixth man of the year. He should be the sixth man of the year. I know I'm talking about my picks right now. I had him at two. I think he's number one now. Um, Jordan Poole, and I was like, I said Jordan Poole at number three. I said, I didn't know if this man was going to be like, the true, true, I didn't expect this. I don't know. If, I mean, maybe Warriors fans expect this, but I said, especially speaking of Warriors fans, people, later this week, we're going to have a Warriors perspective. I'm not sure if the guests are going to make it. He said he might not be able to make it, so he might, um, like, phone in, and we might may have to talk off. Like at a later time, and I just record later and just tell y'all what he said and give you his um, perspective, just like we got Shamari's perspective. But going back to Jordan Poole, um, that I was like, I said at the beginning of the year, I said we might have to take some of this preseason stuff with a grain of salt. But I was like, buddy, been hooping, he been hooping, hooping, and if he can be that third option off the bench, getting close to twenty points a game, I said he can be a sleeper pick for six man of the year. I said the only thing I see hurting him is Clay coming back. And with Clay coming back, uh, or Clay out at first, they moving him to the starting lineup, and then he play he starts too many games, and I get it. Or Clay coming back, and then his his role kind of getting erased. So I just wasn't sure what kind of Clay was gonna get back. I thought Clay was gonna come back, and the jumper was gonna be there. Just the defense was gonna be was gonna be struggling, but it looks like his defense there, but his jumper struggling. And so I was like, Clay gonna take his position back. He gonna be that third option or second option. 
So we'll, but hey, but pool, pool, pool should be number two now. It should. This is a coin flip between Hero and Pool. Who you want to take? I think if Pool's taking most improved, I think Tyler Hero gets this one. I think he should on the best team in the East. He's their leading scorer, darn near. I feel like Tyler Hero should get this award, but I also wouldn't be mad if it went to um, Jordan Poole. Next is Defensive Player of the Year. And before we jump into Defense Player of the Year, we're going to take another short break, and we will be right back. Once again, we are back. And let's discuss this defensive player of the year. Let's go back with my original picks. And originally, I said I like Embiid to I said Embiid, Embiid to win MVP. But I feel like for him to get MVP, he's gonna have to dominate both sides of the ball. And with his um, what's called his like his teammate, he like he he gonna have to compete with his teammate. So I was like. I'm not sure if Ben Simmons is going to come back in time, but if he doesn't come back, I said MB, if he don't get, let's say MB don't get the MVP, I feel like they give him DPOY instead. I also said the same thing, um, what's called for Ben Simmons, and I was like, hey, if Ben Simmons does come back, I feel like Ben Simmons can get that DPOY. He got second last year, but I just also wasn't sure if he was going to come back. I was like, if he gets traded to a team like the T-Wolves or he gets traded to any other team, now he's with the Nets. If, if he gets traded and he plays, I feel like that's his award to win because he's going to go out there and play crazy. But he obviously hasn't played still, so we have to eliminate him off this list. I also had Bam. I said they added Lowry. They already in. They already have Butler. I said the Heat, there's no reason for them to not to finish in the top five defense in the league. And if they can get a top five defense, it's going to, a lot of it's going to be because of Bam. Bam has been continually growing. He's been continually improving. And so I'm like, hey, like with the situation with the two people ahead of him being so up in the air, we don't know what's going to happen with Ben Simmons or Embiid. Excuse me, I said, I can see Bam slipping up and winning the award, but right now I have him third. If everything goes right with Embiid and Ben Simmons, I feel like they should get the award over him. That's what I thought at the beginning of the year. But if everything doesn't go right, then it should be Bam. Obviously, some of the things went wrong with them, so I feel like Bam should have jumped up. That's what my thoughts were originally. I said, Gobert more likely has voters fatigue, and um, with the playoffs last year, 
and everybody they running around with that narrative saying that he was un- exposed and unplayable. And if you listen to some NBA analysts now, they still talk about it. They still, when they you were looking at listening to the awards, a lot of people they still have Gobert. If you look at the latter as a top five candidate for defensive player of the year, but a lot of voters they still they still are harping over that issue of him getting exposed with the five out. They're like, yeah, he wasn't doing well. They just did a five out, and he was like rendered useless and then the jazz not even having a top 10 defense this year the jazz defense is middle of the pack they don't even have a top 10 defense this year there's no way rudy gobert can get this award i see he's still on top five but i just don't see a way he can get this award if they don't even have a top 10 defense like you can't be a not not have a top 10 defense and get defensive player of the year but i was like if every so i was like i already knew he wasn't i already marked him out i was like no way gobert gets it I also said, though, Miles Turner has a chance to slip up and take that award. Obviously, Miles Turner, at, like, he, at the beginning of the year, he looked good with the block shots and everything, but he's kind of, like, faded away. Nobody's really talking about him anymore. He, Indiana kind of went into tank mode, so nobody really paying attention to Indiana anymore, which kind of hurt his chances. So, Miles Turner basically got eliminated from that race. Um but if you look at those are my original picks. But if you look at it now, uh, I I apologize as a Celtics fan. I apologize, Smart. I really do. I really do. It's not. I I I I I came on here on this podcast and I said your defense hasn't been what it used to be. I said you're kind of living up off your reputation now. These past two years, your defense hasn't been what it used to be. And I want to apologize as a diehard, ride-and-die Celtics fan. I did say you were my point guard, though. I did come out here and tell everybody, you were my point guard, and I would never trade you. But I did say your defense was slacking a little bit because you were shot-chucking everything else, and I want to apologize. Because right now, my G, you are leading the DPOY, and I swear if Marcus Smart, a Celtic, man, hey, if he come out here and win this DPOY, and being the first point guard since Gary Payton, y'all ain't going to be able to tell me nothing. Go ahead and mute me on social media. Y'all not going to be able to tell your boy nothing. I'm going to be up there, and I'm going to be talking. I'm going to be talking and talking and talking. Your boy going to be talking. That's all I'm going to say. Let him win this award, which he already favored to. Ooh, man. Yeah, and then next you still got Bam at second, and then Mikael Bridges at third. Shout out to Mikael. Mikael Bridges is yeah, he that boy played some defense. The Suns got the number one team, and that boy played some defense. Not just just like Draymond said earlier, not just on ball. That boy played defense. You know, you got some players they play on ball defense really, really well. You got some players that play off ball defense really, really well, and then you got some people like Mikael who just play defense really well. And, hey, shout out to your boy. He deserves first team all defense this year, no question. But, unfortunately, he just falls third right now, and I just can't really see it because, again, narrative pushes more than anything. Um, If you look at it, and no disrespect to Marcus Smart, at the beginning, a couple weeks ago, Rob Williams was favored to win this award. Rob Williams was favored. Rob Williams gets hurt. All of a sudden, Smart, and people are like, Rob Williams is the reason for this defense. Smart was like fifth on DPOY. Rob Williams got hurt, and then Smart's stock just skyrocketed. Because the Celtics were still playing really well, and Smart's like, stock just skyrocketed. Everybody was like, oh, so Smart can keep this defense afloat, and the Celtics have the number one defense in the league? Yeah. A Celtic has to get this. They have the number one defense. They've been hooping, and the Celtics are running around with the narrative right now. And this is me as a Celtics fan still talking. Like, like people are putting Tatum. Tatum has been hooping. 
But to put him over Luca and to put him over Ja and everything in the MVP conversation is kind of disrespectful to those other guys. And Booker, even though Tatum is hooping and he is obviously the best player on my team and one of my favorite players, but it's kind of disrespectful because that just shows you how flawed the MVP and everything is because the the Celtics are winning, the narrative changed. They've been playing bad the whole first half, and he was nowhere close. Everybody was talking about break up the tandem, break up the duo. Tatum Brown don't work. Tatum's not that guy. Second half, he starts hooping. Everybody's like, oh, Tatum is that guy. Tatum a top 10 player in the league, top six player in the league. He's the MVP candidate. And I'm like, yeah, but you can't just just knock people that's been doing it the whole year. That's kind of disrespectful to the game, in my opinion. But it's whatever. Same thing with the defensive player of the year. Kind of disrespectful to the game. You just ignore some people that's been doing it all year. But, again, it's regardless. I still think Smart should be in the race for it. And I still think he should be in there. And I think he deserves a defensive player of the year. And I think we should start getting more guards in that race because I know it's a big man award because the big men get the blocks. They get the flashy plays. They're like, they pay, protect the paint. But, I mean, who do you think keeping them out of the paint? Like, who do you think keeping them out of the paint? If he can't even get into the paint, period, then what's the point? Like, he get, like, what's he, what, like, Rudy Gobert getting, like, two blocks in? Like, what, the most block you get, like, four blocks a game, three, four blocks a game. And who do you think's protecting the perimeter to get to stop those threes and stop get those deflections and deter people from even passing the paint in the first place? So I just think wing defenders and um, guard defenders should get more respect. But it, anyways, defensive player of the year, I've been rambling on not long enough for this. I think it should go to Mark Smart. And if for some reason they change their mind, it go to Bam on Mikael Bridges. Next is coach of the year. Originally, I had Billy Donovan because I was like, hey, if the Bulls, they made these moves, if the Bulls can make some noise, Billy Donovan can get in it. And at first, it looked like I was going to be right because I was like, Billy Donovan, like the Bulls were looking really good. Bulls were hooping. Everybody was like, DeMar DeRozan was going crazy. I was like, yeah, Billy Donovan, he can, he can. I was like, I might be, I might have been right. Billy Donovan can win this war. Next, I had Jason Kidd. I said, if Luka can win this MVP, that means the Mavs are going to have to win. The only way Luka gets the MVP is if the Mavs have a crazy winning record. And if they have a crazy winning record, why can't Jason Kidd win the coach of the year? That was that, that was literally how I put it. Point blank. Pure point blank. You get a new coach. They have a good winning record. Luka wins MVP. Jason Kidd should be in the coach of the year um, race. Next, I had Eric Spoelstra. I said Eric Spoelstra for the same reason as Don, like Billy Donovan. There was new changes made to the team. They're set to make a lot of noise, and if they do make noise, Eric Spoelstra should be in that coach of the year. And I was like, coach of the year is so weird because it's just who, who, what team is going to outplay who. You can't really predict. You don't know who, what team is going to be the excuse me, best. Injuries happen. Things happen. So you never know what's going to happen. So I was like, Eric Spoelstra should be in that conversation. But now – a lot of people, yo, what's up with people disrespecting Monty Williams? What's up with people doing that? People are like, oh, the Suns went to the finals last year and they lost. So, and they were one of the top teams last year and they didn't do much. And Monty Williams didn't win it last year. So, people are like, it's just a sympathy giving Monty Williams the coach of the year. I was like, do y'all realize that the Suns have three of the top, they were like, you saw this stuff, like the Suns have like three of the top five records percentage wise. Like, it's like, their record with Devin Booker playing, but Chris Paul not playing, their record percentage-wise is a top-five record in the NBA. Their record with uh, Devin Booker not playing and Chris Paul playing, still good. Their record with Devin Booker and Chris Paul both missing, 
Their record is still good. Their record with everybody there. Their record is still good. They are a good team. If you can play without two of your top guys, your top two players on the team, and still win, or your top player on the team win, your second best player on the team win, and you can go out there and missing key players and still be winning, and you you got the best record by like a long shot. Like right now, you're probably gonna be the only sixty win team in the NBA. Yeah, I think you should be coach of the year. I don't understand this whole notion of what they did last year, so he should have. This is a what they did this year thing. This is a yearly award. I don't care what they did last year. This year, the Suns have been hooping. The Suns have been well coached. Monty Williams should be coach of the year. That should be period, point blank. I don't care about these other narratives. I don't care about people's opinions about this, this, and that. Coach of the year should go to Monty Williams. And if y'all want to make an argument, the only other argument I could understand would be Taylor Jenkins because nobody expected the Grizzlies to make this big of a jump and be the number two team in the NBA. And nobody expected Jaw to go crazy like this. Even and people keep talking about like the record without Jaw and everything. And maybe the Grizzlies are just good. And like Jaw, like they have a really, they have a great record without Jaw. And I'm like, because they're a well-coached team. Y'all do realize there's, like there's there's more than one player on the team. If you if your best player goes down, and your team can still win, that shouldn't be a fault on the best player. That should be like, dang, this is a good team. Our coach, that is a good coach. That's what that should mean. Why is it a negative that they are winning like that? That doesn't make that doesn't make sense to me. It literally just doesn't make sense to me. Um, honorable mentions though. Shout out, even though y'all should y'all aren't gonna be in the actual race. Shout out to Tyloo and Eric Spoelstra. Still, Eric Spoelstra still has the Heat as uh, the number one team in the East. Tyloo got the Clippers in the playoffs potentially. Right now they're in a play-in tournament and they could potentially make the playoffs. And they didn't have Kawhi Leonard or Paul George all year basically. Paul George just came back recently, but basically throughout the whole year you didn't have Paul George. You didn't have um. Kawhi Leonard, and you're still the eighth seed. If there was no playing game, you'd be the eighth seed right now by a long shot. Clear cut. You're five games ahead of the Pelicans. If the season ended, you are going to be that. You're going to finish as the eighth seed. You're guaranteed to be in the playing. You're gonna you're gonna finish as the eighth seed. And so that's just like I gotta I gotta give I gotta give respect where respects due right there. Shout out Ty Lue. Um, next would be uh the All NBA teams. So All NBA teams. Uh, I I made them based off similar to the MVP race and everything like that, um, and past things. So originally I had Luca, Steph, two MVP candidates, KD, another MVP candidate, Giannis, and Embiid. Those those were five of my six MVP candidates, and I was like, they have to be on the list. If they're MVP candidates, they got to be on this list. Um, unfortunately, I had to leave Jokic off, but I thought with the voters fatigue, Jokic was gonna kind of. Um, without with missing Murray, they weren't gonna win as many games. So I was like, okay, he can go second team. And so yeah, so second team, I had uh James Harden because I felt like he was still gonna be putting up numbers. I had Dame before he got hurt. I had uh I said if that was before we knew if Kawhi was gonna miss the whole year or not. I said if Kawhi can come back healthy. I think you know, even if he missed like the first 10, 15 games, if he comes back healthy, I think Kawhi can sneak into the second team and then LeBron's second team and Jokic's second team. And then third team, I had Bradley Bill because I was like, Bradley, even if the Wizards don't win, Bradley Bill's going to average like 30 games. Bradley Bill, Zach Levine, PG-13, um, 
Jason Tatum and Anthony Davis. Those that that was my all NBA teams. A lot has changed. A lot has changed. Just look at that first team. Um, I no longer have Steph Curry on that first team. I don't think Steph Curry can be all NBA first team. Unfortunately, uh, Warriors fans can hate me all they want, but. I think I still believe like Luca should be an MVP. So I'm gonna have a Luca right there as one of the guards. I've been have Jaw as a second guard. Jaw's been playing crazy. He has Memphis as the second best record in the entire NBA. Jaw should be first team. He has earned the right to be first team. Tatum, and I don't care what people say, Jason Tatum deserves to be first team as well. When you look at all the other four spots, it's like, okay, Jason Tatum has the Celtics second in the East. And he's going to be a top two team, maybe top three team in his conference. He's putting up good numbers, and he's in the MVP discussion. How can you argue he's not in there? Next, I'll put Giannis because Giannis is in the MVP um, conversation, and he's number two in MVP. And then next, I have Jokic. I moved Embiid outside of first team. Embiid should be first team. But I do not have him there. I do not have Embiid there. Embiid, I feel like it hurt Embiid because the 76 right now, they're the fourth seed. They, they're the fourth seed. We, the East are so close, the 76 should jump up to the first seed tomorrow. I mean, and by the end of the week. And I'm not, in my voting, my um narrative will change. Like, my, my opinion will change once, if that would happen. But right now, being a fourth seed, him and Harden, they had a couple good games together, but they stopped looking good together. There's the whole people hate them right now because of the foul baiting, but I think foul baiting really happens more with Harden, less with Embiid. I think Embiid actually gets uh, hacked quite a bit. Also, the narrative. Embiid let Embiid let Tatum come in his house. Embiid let Jokic come in his house. Embiid let Giannis come in his house and dominate. And I was like, just. Just the narrative ride, and it's like, I would have you either over Jokic or Giannis, but with those happening, I got to drop you to second team. There's no slack being the second team, because if you look at some of the MVP, a lot of people still have them third, but I've seen some like non-official ones. I've seen a lot of voters and a lot of analysts put and beat all the way to fourth, all the way to fifth. And I was like, hmm, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. So if they can drop him that low, then I just put him at second. Crucify me if you must. Embiid is, Embiid is not on my first team All-NBA. All-NBA second team. I My new list is Trey Young. I don't care if the Hawks are losing. That man, because the Hawks still have a 41-37 and 37 record at the moment. That is really good still. That that that's still that's still really good. They would still be they would they would literally be the eighth seed in the West, just like they're the eighth seed in the East. So either way, they're a playoff team or a playing team. Trey Young has been put, putting up crazy numbers. There's no reason. There's no way I can leave him off this list. So I got to put Trey Young right there. Devin Booker. Devin Booker with the Suns playing so well. Devin Booker should be first team All NBA. But you look at the people he has to compete with, Luca and Ja. It's hard. It's hard to put them on over there. So unfortunately, just because they're they're so dominant and those players are so good, he automatically just falls into a second. Same thing I was saying about what's called Embiid. There's no there's no harm falling this far. KD, KD can't be first team in my opinion. KD can't. 
to be first in my opinion. Not just because he missed games, but also because of where the Nets are standing. Right, the Nets are the tenth seed, and they 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 they're the tenth seed right now, with potential to go up to ninth or eighth. But they're in the playing game no matter what. I can't put KD above second team just off that fact alone. Demar Derozan also have second team. A lot of people had Demar Derozan first team, but I think I I replaced him with Jason Tatum with the, with the Bulls falling and the Bulls losing so much while the Celtics were steady winning. Um, his numbers came back. He came back down to earth numbers wise for a little bit. Also, that whole thing with the Bulls not really beating good teams. They, they're losing all those games to top like top teams. I was like, uh, it's hard to put DeRozan there. So I had to, I had to drop DeRozan second team. Still no slack there. And then obviously, Joe Embiid. Um, third team, I have Steph Curry, LeBron James, Jimmy Butler, and Carl Anthony Towns. And that is my list. Carl Anthony Towns should he, he he's the second best Argue with your mama, argue with your daddy, argue with your grandma. I don't care. Kyrie uh, Anthony is the second best offensive big in the league outside of Jokic. Um, after that, though, he's not the. You see, the Timberwolves are actually winning this year. They're a seven seed. They could jump into non-playing right now. They're the seven seed in the playing team, but they could jump into just being a guaranteed playoff contender and jump the Nuggets or jump the Jazz, and that would be crazy. So that's why I have Cat right there. I wanted to throw Rudy Gobert there too, but, again, it's hard. It's hard to throw Rudy Gobert up there with the Jazz taking such a drop. Like, they dropped so much. He got They got worse than they were these past couple years. They don't have a top-10 defense, and it's like, you're there only. You're not bringing the offense. You're only bringing their defense. If you can't, if your defense is only like a middle of the pack defense, it's hard for me to argue for you to be here. So I had to give that spot to Cat instead. Jimmy Butler deserves it because some because he is a leader of that Miami Heat team. He's the best player on that Miami Heat team, and it was either gonna be him or Bam, and I couldn't decide between him and Bam who I wanted to give this spot to. I went with Jimmy Butler just because I was like, when you think of Miami, you usually think of Jimmy Butler, but if you have Bam in this spot instead, I'm not going to argue with you. I think it could go either way. LeBron, even though the Lakers are a very, very poverty team, um, he still has potential to lead the league in scoring. His numbers make the case that you can't leave him off this all-NBA. And then, like I said, I had Steph. And in the last spot, I was I was going back and forth. I have I keep going back and forth between CP3 and Zach Levine. I feel like they both deserve it, but CP3 has missed so much time, so I can understand if you argue Zach Levine. But at the same time, I can understand if you argue CP3 just because of Suns' record, and I can also understand a third scenario. You just put Jimmy you. Because Jimmy Butler, I believe, can go guard or forward. You put Jimmy Butler in that guard spot right there, and you have Bam and Jimmy Butler on third team. So either one of those scenarios works for me. Third team was the toughest for me. Um, next is all defense. And on all defense, um, we got to speed through this. Golly, this recording is going long. All defense, I want to go. Uh, originally, I had Drew Holiday, Ben Simmons, Giannis, Bam, and B. Um, now, I was like, originally, I was like, that is a lock-in. Excuse me. Um, Drew Holiday, of course, one of the top guards in the league. Ben Simmons, I had him as a DPOY candidate. So same with Giannis, same with Bam, same with Embiid. Four DPOY um, candidates along with uh, Drew. I felt like that should have been an easy first-team all-defense. But now 
things have changed. I still have Marcus Smart there. I put Mikael Bridges there. I put um, what's called Giannis there. I put Bam there, and I put Jared Jackson Jr. there, and that was my first team, my first team, and it was tough because, like I said, Rudy Gobert is a top five in DPOY, but with that middle pack defense, I was like, I can't argue first team. I can put you on second team, which I did. I put him on second team. I just couldn't argue for him to be first team all defense. Second team is where I threw Drew. Um, I threw Matisse Thibel. I threw Rudy Gobert, and I put Rob Williams. Um, that last spot, I said it should be either go Alex Caruso or Lonzo Ball, coin toss, or you could even go with somebody like Herb Jones. Um, that last spot, I couldn't decide because, like, Lonzo's missed a lot of games. Caruso moved some time. And Herb Jones is young, so I was like, I don't know. I also thought Evan Mobley could be there, but it's just like uh, they, they, you're running out of spots. So I was like, I don't know. It's any, any of those three or four people can go there, and I wouldn't argue with you. All-rookie, originally I had, uh, for the all-rookie first team, I had Cade, Josh Giddy, Jalen Green, Scotty, and Singun. And for the second team, I had Jalen Suggs, Davion Mitchell, uh, Book Knight, Jalen Johnson, and Mobley. Now, that's drastically changed. First team, I have Cade. I still have Jalen Green. I have Franz Wagner. I have Scotty Barnes and Evan Mobley. And on second team, I have Giddy, Ayodesomo. I have um, Herb Jones and John, uh, what's called John Kaminga. Jonathan Kaminga. I can't speak right now. Jonathan Kaminga. Uh, and then that last spot I have, if you could either argue, you can you go with Davion Mitchell or Singoon, and I'm not going to argue either way if you go one or other. I know some people think that Giddy should be in over Jalen Green. It's hard for me to argue that because, uh, yes, both of them play well. Giddy played well throughout the whole season. His numbers went up and down. Jalen Green had that big slump, but Jalen Green has been hooping lately. And if you, I kind of, mine was a coin toss at the end. I saw, I looked at the rookie ladder. And I was like, I can't decide between these. I'm just going to pick who is higher on the rookie ladder. And the key of rookie ladder showed Jalen Green higher. So I was like, Jalen Green gets that last spot and Giddy's just going to go to the next team, which I feel is fair. And then the last thing I want to speak on right now is the NBA championship and the finals MVP. Originally, I missed this by a long slot. I missed this by a long shot. I wanted the drama. I fell in for the drama. I said, Nets, Lakers, finals. Lakers going to come out. LeBron's going to get a legacy thing. Russ is finally going to get his championship. Everybody's going to be happy. Lakers going to be happy. LeBron gets another finals MVP, and he breaks another in the same year. He takes the all-time leading scorer for playoffs in um, regular season. Next year, he's going to take off the all-time leading scorer I made the all-time leading score he's going to become with, and it's just going to be all legacy. That was hype for it. I was like, yeah, falling into the legacy hype. That Lakers team is so bad. I don't think anybody expected the Lakers team to be this bad. So now, and the, the, the Nets can't stay healthy. We don't know what's going on with Ben Simmons, if he's going to play or not. And if Ben Simmons doesn't play, I can't see the Nets going far. So now I have a rematch last year. I have Buck Suns, but this time I say Suns take it and Booker deserving finals MVP, but them giving CP3 uh, sympathy MVP just because they're like, okay, for his legacy, they want to give him that finals MVP. And because the leadership, how they give CP3 more credit than Booker anyway, I see Booker going crazy and him deserving it, but them giving it to CP3. 
Anyways, this has been a longer episode than usual, but we had a lot of things to discuss. But this has been another episode of the Ask Geeks podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you, thank you. We really appreciate all you viewers out there in the Americas, in Ukraine, in all, everywhere else. Y'all all over the world. We're worldwide. We're worldwide. Uh, it's crazy. We look at the amount of viewers that's going on in searching. We're worldwide. I love to see it. Shout out to all y'all that's tuning in. We really, 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 really appreciate it. I can't emphasize that enough. We, we really appreciate it. But as we always say, always, always, always remember to respect women. But most importantly, remember to respect yourself. Because simping ain't pimping. And we out. <laughs> <laughs>